Hello all, welcome back to another episode of Intimate Reflections. I want to thank you for joining me. So grab your snacks, grab your drink, (laughs) or focus on driving, whatever you're doing. I just appreciate you being here with me for this next installment in the reflection. So this episode, I actually sat down and had a great conversation with my sister, Nikita Brunson, who is a jack of all trades of sorts, but she's going to get into what she does in her brand later on in the episode. This episode focuses on collaboration and partnership and what that can look like. We discuss some ideas, we discuss some pitfalls to collaborating with others, but I really just thought that this was an important conversation that needs to be had for a bevy of reasons. The main one is being that I think that a lot of people have this conversation, but they have it in this, this super scaled point of view or perspective that it makes it a little bit harder for people who are just getting their things off the ground to, you know, really be able to digest it and see how it can work for them. So that that's what this conversation is. This conversation is tailored to the person who's just getting started, the micro-influencer, um, the new entrepreneur, however you'd like to call that. So um, I hope this is not only informative, but just helpful for you to be able to sit back and ask yourself some of the questions that we discuss in the podcast and just, you know, have a real moment with yourself. You know, sometimes collaboration and partnership sounds great, but many times we're not in a place personally where we are able to be a good partner or a good collaborator. And I, you know, one of my biggest beliefs is that Collaboration doesn't have to look like, um, or it doesn't have to be beneficial, I should say, for just one person. It should be beneficial for both parties. And sometimes I think when we go into collaboration, we think of maybe one person helping someone else or one person reaching back. But most definitely, we can just hold hands and walk up the staircase. We don't have to necessarily be, you know, one person reaching back and kind of taking a loss or, you know, one person trying to propel somebody forward and them taking the loss. You know, we can help each other. There can definitely be some type of barter system. And I I really want to, you know, bring that to the forefront when we are talking about entrepreneurship in the black community. This podcast is definitely about spiritual growth and connecting to our highest self, but it's also about personal growth. And this episode really harkens to that personal growth, you know, asking yourself the hard questions, but then also, you know, just reflecting on what does partnership look like to me? What can I offer in partnership right now at this point in my life on my entrepreneurial path? Or, you know, it doesn't even have to be entrepreneurship. This could be a hobby. This could be just something that you have a passion for that doesn't necessarily take you out of working maybe a nine to five, but, you know, you just really want to build a community. 
it doesn't have to look like you leaving your nine to five job or, you know, creating some type of business, you know, it could just be a hobby. So with all that being said, without further ado, let's hop into the episode. Thanks for listening. Okay, so today we're going to we're here to have a discussion about partnerships and teamwork and how black people and, and black women can come together in partnership or collaboration to like push our push us forward, push us in, in entrepreneurship and, you know, whatever else type of ship you can think of. We, I think we need to be able to push ourselves forward. And I think is, you know, I don't see a lot of people having this discussion outside of like, you know, bigger entities that are kind of pushing the girl boss, you know, entrepreneurship type of thing. So, and I want to talk about too, collaboration more at like a grassroots level. What does collaboration look like for people who are just trying to get started? What does partnership look like for somebody who maybe has gotten, you know, to a certain place in their business, but they're still maybe not at the point of, you know, maybe somebody who's on Instagram with over 100K followers, their partnership and collaboration is going to look different than somebody who is, you know, maybe at a thousand or less followers and still trying to build their brand and kind of get their footing. So I invited my sister, Nikita Brunson, to, to talk with us about this because she has lots of experience in partnership and collaboration on so many different levels and she's also like the networking queen so I always <laughs> like to get her input and you know she got got the gift of gab she know you know she got that mouthpiece so she can talk yeah. to folks and you know I think it's important to be able to figure out how we can help and assist each other without always maybe receiving having that monetary exchange because it may not always be possible so i'm gonna let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you your brand and everything that you got going on okay well thank you so much um lauren it's lauren it's always interesting to (laughs) talk to each other like on a business level but we talk about stuff all the time so it's fun (laughs) but um yeah, so I'm Nikita Brunson. I'm in Michigan, Lansing, Michigan. Um, I have a beauty studio where I do confidence um, curation and a different um, different forms of services, whether it be skincare services, um, confidence coaching, um, styling. There's a number of different ways that we can help people curate their confidence, especially right now um, online. We do um phone calls and coaching sessions online so it doesn't have to be someone that's directly in front of me um but also i live in a house with 13 people (laughs) so um they naturally weren't born into my family or married into my family we actually bought a house with another family um and we have a podcast called two families one house so that's the the one of the biggest collaborations that is happening in my life right now um so you can find that podcast on you know a a number of different stations but um yeah so today uh 
the topic of collaboration, um, it does. I definitely does fit um, who I am. So I'm ready. Let's do it. <laughs> I think that's so interesting that you have mentioned the podcast, which is a great idea and it's a great name. And that just rings YouTube channel to me. Is that something that's in the works for y'all? Yes, we do have a we have a starter YouTube channel right now. So we went ahead and snatched up the name and we have like maybe three videos on there for right now. Okay. Cool. I mean, that's good because that's honestly that's serious branding because that's so on like just what's going on right now and what's popular and I don't want to say trend but like you know family channels are really popular and I think that that's like y'all occupy a very unique niche of that type of community content. living so I like I like that a lot that's very yeah be when we were trying to think of the name that was it was very self-explanatory and i feel like when we are on social media or anything like that when we comment on people it's very attractive like two yeah. families one house like what is that right right exactly yeah. well, let me know i'll be you know i'll be doing my little thing with the with the graphics so let me know if y'all need some banners or a logo or something um okay because i had a couple little ideas come across my head um, okay <laughs> so so I just want to really get dig into like, okay, so tell me, let's start with Two Families, One House and how, you know, a brief uh, history of how that came about. And then also I want you to kind of transition into talking about your businesses and Uncover Beauty and how you have been able to utilize and elevate partnership and collaboration in that way as well. Okay, so... Um, the two families came together when we started, um, homeschooling. So a little bit of the background of my life, um, in general, like I come from a very strict household, uh, my sibling, my, my home sibling. So Lauren and I are, are paternal siblings right is that what they call paternal siblings so I we had the same dad but my mother like so the mom that I had lived in the house with and those siblings um uh, we were I think at least nine years apart and then my brother and I I don't even know how many years apart we are so he's still like young <laughs> to me he just graduated high school and I'm 35 so um so in a sense I was the only child for a little bit uh, for a good amount of time and so I seen a lot of things between like what happened to my mom and how she grew up and so I really had like a work mentality I've always loved to work um and coming out of the situation I came out of I always kind of felt alone because once once my mom had to work and go to school and stuff like that um I spent a lot of time alone at home or whatever and so I say all that to say that like I never really grew up with a collaboration mindset um, or I never really had to share a lot of dif different things. I had a lot of responsibilities. Um, me and my siblings at home didn't have to share because we weren't in the same age range. Mm -hmm. So that it didn't come from my growing up. So I just want to kind of 
put that out there too because I know sometimes somebody may hear this and say well maybe she grew up in a situation where she had to share right. uh, or or when I share how our family is now that's definitely not how I grew <laughs> not how right. I grew up right. uh, but so we started homeschooling I felt called to homeschool with my daughter my oldest daughter was in fourth grade and really it was just it didn't sit well with me a lot about how school was starting to go. My school experience was the teachers were helpful. Um, and, you know, there were the ones that were stern, but for the most part, like they were helpful um, and they could like kind of help you get your work done or whether it be a student teacher or whatnot. Um, but at this point, I could, I could start to see that schooling became more about testing and more about numbers than it was than the actual child. And it, it hit my child and it felt like some of the things that they were saying that she was doing and some of the suggestions they were giving me, I just wasn't comfortable with mm-hmm. as far as like um, medications that they would suggest that we put her on for doing things that I felt like a child does naturally like talk a lot (laughs) like she talked a lot or whatever and it's like well they only have so much recess time Mm -hmm. so what are you expecting from a child you know what I mean so either way it go um we just went ahead and took the leap and decided to homeschool but it wasn't until after I met um re-met my friend Jacquees um at a mom's group and so we just were talking, asked her where she had been because I hadn't seen her in a while. And she was like, I've been homeschooling. And she's black and I'm black. And I was like, I didn't even think black people homeschool. Right. I didn't think it was a thing. Like, how, how is this, how does this work? And so her and her husband came over to our house and they talked to me and my husband about what it was that they were doing mm-hmm. to homeschool. And so pretty much I just made a pact with her, like, okay, listen, even though it was not even her, like, she didn't have no reason to make a pact with me. (laughs) I was like, okay, I'll homeschool if you help me. Like, and so, I mean, I guess she did have a reason to, because um, there wasn't a lot of black homeschoolers with big families in our area. So in a sense, it wasn't her interest to say, okay, let's team up and and do this. That's that's something you would say. (laughs) <laughs> like girl you gonna help me <laughs> right exactly I'm not doing this by myself right um and two both of our husbands worked a lot um and I was just talking to my friend last night about homeschool and I really just want to encourage people like if you don't have a significant other don't feel like that you can't do something because even though I was married like we were only living on one income but either way it go like he w- he wasn't helping me homeschool in the beginning so right. I didn't make that decision based on whether or not he could help me. And so um, it was just really, I saw it as, okay, how am I going to do this? Um, and that's when I asked her, like, can you help me? And so that was our first kind of, I would say that was the first like step out on faith and ask somebody to help you when they really didn't necessarily have to, or like, let's sit down and talk about how this can be beneficial for both of us. Um, and not just, you know, for me, because we're going in the same direction, then why not, why not team up and help each other? So, uh, fast forward 
you know, our friendships got closer. We started going on vacations together. Um, I'm a little younger than her, so I feel like um, it definitely was surprising for her and for other people, like how mature I was to make, you know, some of these kind of decisions. Um, I'm not that much younger, but either way, it was kind of like, hmm, okay, wow, like you're really interested in this. How old were you when you decided to start homeschooling? I would say, because we've been doing this almost 10 years now, I would say I was about 25 or 26. Yeah. Which yeah, which is crazy in retrospect, but it's like you were you were mature for your age. You didn't seem like you were that age at that time, like so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just was like, okay, let's do it. Um, but yeah, so we started collaborating. On you know, well, it wasn't called collaborating at the time. We just were working together. Mm-hmm. Um, I would go to her house. She was, she is, and introvert I was gonna say extreme but I don't know I I don't know that she would be considered extreme in the sense that she just was overwhelmed because she had five children so she didn't she wasn't going nowhere yeah so I was like I needed to get out of the house um because I wasn't used to the stay-at-home mom lifestyle as I was saying before I was used to working Mm -hmm. and I wasn't used to having kids we were just got married and boom 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 like start having kids we didn't have any family around us and so it was just the stuff that I missed that I was like, okay, well, I don't see it here, so I need to create it. And so needed to create it a black co-op. Mm-hmm. And so it was just our families, you know, and sometimes some other ones. Um, but they probably weren't necessarily all black. Um, and I missed having Sunday dinners, you know, back at my home, mm-hmm. home city. And so I was like, hey, do you want to start having dinners together? Because where do people at around here that do Sunday dinner, you know? Right. Um, and so we started sharing meals more. Um, and with, again, with our husbands being the main ones providing, we didn't have a lot of money. And so sometimes we had to share meals because it was like, well, I ain't really got nothing to eat, girl. Well, what y'all got over there? Mm-hmm. And so it was like, well, I got a little bit, you got a little bit. Let's just put it together. We right. would make like some amazing meals because it was like, you had the peanut butter, I had the jelly. Right. Mm-hmm. And we just going to make it work until the next time we get paid. Somebody get paid. <laughs> right. Right. Mm-hmm. So that um, that was like the I would say that was the first very first like onset to to that and fast forward to now. We basically have been laughing pre pandemic about how much time we spent together because we lived right around the corner from each other. And it was like, we always had each other's house anyway. What if we just bought a big house together? Mm-hmm. Um, because separately too, we had been looking at houses. I was, my husband and I had been trying to find a house that we could buy out of the neighborhood that we were in. And they were trying to do so as well, separately. Mm-hmm. And we were just having a hard time. And so we would always joke like, well, what if we just bought a big house since we always, you know, are together anyway, cooking and and co-oping. And then the pandemic hit. And so we was like, 
okay what would it really look like to help each other out because we just saw it as we don't know what's coming like we don't know what this world is about to turn into like people at the time was thinking it was the apocalypse or whatever they was calling it girl the Right. I don't know. I feel like if anything was Y2K, this was Y2K when we... I know, right? <laughs> right? This was Y2K. So we were just like, well, what if, it, what if we really did? And so we just applied. We didn't really even think that it would go through. Um, and and we, we found a house. And, you know, again, we have specific um, things that we wanted to have happen. Or what we wanted to see, we wanted to make sure each family had privacy. We wanted to make sure the kids had privacy, the adults had privacy. And so we knew like, okay, if this is really going to work, then we got to put it all out there. And so um, I would say too, you know, when you are starting to think about collaboration, whether it's in business or in, in personal life, putting everything that you need out on the table is important because I feel like sometimes people will try to hold back because they want a collaboration or they want a partnership so bad. And whether this could be even in relationships, like you want a relationship or a partnership so bad that you hold back on what you truly really need. Yeah, and then you get into a situation. Yeah. And then they're like, well, you didn't say that in the mm-hmm. beginning. So now, um, now you're stuck or you're, you find yourself in a situation where you feel stuck, even though you may not be stuck um, because you weren't really upfront and just, and just allow it to say, if it doesn't work with everything that I need on the table, then it just doesn't, it's not meant to be. Right. Yes. That's very important. And we're definitely going to come back to that. I'm going to write that down. Yeah. So as far as um, work, work goes, when it came to collaborating, I feel like I, me co-oping and being in the homeschool community definitely opened my mind to see how they were doing a lot of bartering and trading. Um, and I started doing business with people who were um, homeschoolers. Um, and, and really sometimes, not all, um, sometimes homeschoolers end up in a situation where one parent is working and the other one is not. And so they have to try to make financial moves that are a little bit wiser because a lot of them, majority of them have a lot of kids. There are homeschoolers that have smaller families. Um, but for the most part, like these people have big families. <laughs> so it was like, if mom goes to work, she ain't gonna make no money because <laughs> Right. <laughs> she can't put all those kids in daycare or um it would just cost too much for her to go to work. And so right. yeah. and I started to be able to observe some of the moves that they were making um in their personal lives, which then, you know, just really opened me up in my work life to say, okay, I'm more open to work with, you know, these types of people. And I feel like then I started to attract or meet people who were open-minded in business. Um, and I watched how they would barter and they weren't homeschool people, but they would barter trades um, and services to move their business forward um, in ways that I never thought possible. Like 
I feel like they didn't have the people that I was working with. It, it baffled me because I'm trying to think of a, of an example, but um, let's just say um, rent. Let's just say rent. They would barter. Hey, can I get three months free rent um, in exchange for something, um, some service that they offered? Um, and for me, I'm like, I wouldn't have never thought that that was even possible. That that anybody would take a trade versus give me the money, the physical money. And so in business, as I'm watching these trades happen or these barters happen, I'm realizing this is why they, this is why these, this demographic of people is getting ahead further than us because when I say us, I mean, African-American, right. um, because I felt like they were more open-minded, I guess you would say. Um, and I know, I know, again, personally, because I never had anything easy. There's some things that we feel like we absolutely need and we have to hold on to because we don't have the luxury to give it away. But at the same time, I do see that, like, if you hold your hands more open, more opportunities will come to you versus if you hold them more tightly. And so it is, it's really you having to decide, like, that doesn't mean like you give all of your services away. That means that you team up or partner with somebody who values your services just as much as you value theirs. And you are equally giving up something so that you can help each other. And then the communication piece as well, because like yes. you said, people don't go into situations, you know, saying, hey, maybe I can't afford the price for your service right now, but if we can work out something, maybe I can come to you. Like, even if somebody maybe is like in a position where maybe they kind of on the outside looking in hold the most value, and this other person is like, dang, I'm trying right. to get that information. Maybe you'd be like, well, you know, I can't pay your thousand dollar consult fee, but maybe I can come an intern for you. Maybe I right. can come and, you know, do this, that, and the third for you to be a, in exchange for you know that type of mentoring or that that information and I think that we do have to be more open for as for that type of scenario to happen as black people I think that because of the lack of communication piece we get into situations where we feel like people trying to take advantage of us or mm-hmm. trying to scam or trying to get over or whatever what have you or don't want to pay us and you know most definitely play pay black people pay black women but we do in our community have to come to some type of agreement yeah. or consensus like i understand maybe you you know you going through a financial hardship right now but i understand that you could use my services like you know being open and willing to work with people but then also have the integrity to not um you know kind of feed you but you know right. you know get you know like not you know we have the integrity to stand up to your side of the deal or the bargain to where now is putting sour taste in people's mouths if you know and they don't want to try to work with anybody else like that yeah 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely feel like we've gotten burned a lot, especially for me. I'll say, you know, very candidly, I've had to have the conversation with white people before that I didn't trust white people because of the community that I grew up in. It was never a situation where you felt like you could. Right. And um, it was kind of like white people will take your ideas and they're, they'll steal them because they have the resources for them um, and they can go and, you know, do said thing and you would be none the wiser by the time they got it all put together and you'd be looking, like <laughs> you know, sad and confused. But I feel like that was what I was coming into this new city. Uh, when I grew up, it was majority black and now I'm, I'm in a mixed situation. I did have that fear and I had to, well, I didn't have to, I had to, well, I had to make the choice whether or not I would um, lean into that and say, okay, I'll never trust white people ever. And so I'm only going to deal with this demographic of people or, um, or if I would really test the waters to see if that was what I would attract if that if that makes sense so and I had to be honest with them and tell them like hey if I'm gonna do this with you don't don't you know please don't do this you know what I mean like I'm being upfront with you and telling you hey I can come work with you for this this and this um I need in writing maybe uh, what it is that you're offering me or if there's a high idea that I have I would let them know like I'm just letting you know up front um, I'm a little leery about telling you this because this has been my background mm-hmm. and so then I just want to see what it is that they would say like how are they going to react to that and so yes communication and also trusting your instincts on because sometimes I feel like when deals go bad, people go, I knew I shouldn't have. And it's like, if you knew you shouldn't have, then you shouldn't have. <laughs> right. You know, and even if you do and you go, uh, I did it anyway, then I feel like even in that, you have to make the decision in, in the front to say, even if this does go bad, I'm okay with that. Right, because it's just a decision that I made. And at the end of the day, like you said, if you had the, the inkling or the feeling that maybe you shouldn't do it, then you can't you I don't want to say you don't have anybody to blame but yourself but you know it's a lot of times when we don't listen to our intuition but then we want to be mad at the end result but it's like you know I already knew so it's like I can't be mad right exactly and some things I feel like as business people um there are a lot of business people who lose a lot right and we don't ever want to lose yeah 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 and I think that's working from you know, lack mindset, working from a deficit as Black people, mm-hmm. we are coming from l- the literal bottom. So it's like, damn, I want to take, you know, two steps forward to take 10 steps back. But, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't impact um, other uh, ethnicities as as bad, but, you know, I think the, bl- the blow is a little bit less. It's a little bit yes. less. True. I absolutely believe that too. People coming like, and I, this, this applies to any type of transplant, but when you go to a new place, you are automatically tapped into more opportunities than the person who maybe grew up in that place. And that's just lived Mm -hmm. in that place because for one, you're kind of already, your mind is on, okay, I'm looking for opportunities. Whereas the person who has been living there all day life is kind of more so a little complacent. Like they're not thinking about, 
oh, let me see what kind of programs is out here versus, you know, when you're a transplant, you're talking to people, you're trying to get to know people, you you may right. be getting information from, you know, these different places because you're in a, a kind of a place of vulnerability where you're trying to uh, forge some type of community. So it's forcing you to talk to a lot of different people, whereas maybe a person who's been living here all their life, you know, they got the same group of people that they've been, you know, they got their family maybe or just close mm-hmm. friends. They're not really looking to venture outside of their bubble. So it's like when you think of even if from like kind of like the immigrant standpoint, sometimes they come here and they start businesses and right. like, dang, how did you get that opportunity? It's because they're in a new country. So they're trying to take advantage of all that the country has to offer, whereas we've been living here all our lives and we're not thinking outside of the box of oh let me contact these people or this organization or this right to see what kind of assistance i can get or what type of help or what kind of programs they offer we we just honestly don't think like that right no that's true that's true because we've been raised to already have an answer so again if you are low on money you know in our country it's like, oh, will you go apply for government assistance? Like that's that's the end of the story. And most of them, at least, I don't know what they're called, you know, all over the world or all over the United States, but in our city, it's called DHS. And so it's like, you just go straight to the department and they can help you with these things. Or you can go to a church and then you can apply for this or a parish or um, maybe, maybe some people may know like one other like government assisted thing but that's it mm-hmm. like there's been so many people that I've talked to that want to start businesses and I'll say have you contacted the small business development center and they're like what is that right and so it's like again you know so that just speaks to like you're saying like um you know because I have two locations one in my home city that I'm from and one in the one that I currently live in. And it's like, when I go back home, yeah, I'm like, hey, have y'all reached out to the Small Business Development Center? They're like, I don't even know where that is. And which I didn't know where it was when I lived there. Mm-hmm. But you're right, when I moved here, I had to ask people, where do I find these resources? Because I didn't have you know, a family member that I could call and say, hey, where should I go? Yeah, you didn't have um, And so it, yeah. Yeah, so it does work to your advantage, but so, I, I guess my advice would be to anybody who is in a city that maybe you've lived in all your life or you've been there for, you know, maybe 10 years plus or five years plus, um, it would be in a, in a good interest of you to, um, you know, maybe seek, maybe seek other um, people who look like they're moving in a, in a certain direction and just ask them a question. Maybe they are new to the city and say, hey, how did you do that? Right. Um, maybe you don't even know that they're new, but maybe, um, again, they may be going in the same sort of direction that you're going in. And so you could just ask the question. Not everybody's going to be open to tell you, but they may give you a hint to, or maybe they'll give you like the first step. Like, hey, well, I reached out to the Small Business Development Center. And maybe that first lead will lead you to- Right, the more. next thing, exactly. Yeah. 
exactly and two yeah like checking out local places like the library is the plug and yes, i don't even utilize the library as much as i should but not even just for going to check out books or get on the computer but they got you know message boards they be having some some library branches have like different um meetings or like you know, they might have like something, you know, state, I know <laughs> the branch up by me, they be having like crochet classes and stuff, but that's not the only type of classes that they may be mm-hmm. having or workshops or, you know, something like that, that's free, or maybe if it's not free, probably just a dollar, you know, right. so like it's, you know, we don't, we don't utilize those resources as much as we mm-hmm. should. Yeah, or even like you said, and and even asking for scholarships in certain places. Like I would just ask, like, hey, do you have a scholarship opportunity? If if that's if that's what you need to go across that barrier, mm-hmm. um, you know, just put in an email. Hi, I would love to attend this. Do you have a scholarship opportunity? All they can say is no. Well, if you weren't right. going in the first place, then <laughs> right, like, just don't be upset with the word no. So, um, yeah. yeah, I definitely say that would be the other thing that I would give a tip to is, is to get comfortable with the word no, like not accept it. Don't get so comfortable, but in the sense like rejection is yeah. a part of success. You know, everybody will tell you Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, yeah. Oprah, anybody that is has any sort of success will tell you they have been rejected multiple right. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most, most definitely. Most definitely. So... Tell me more about Uncover Beauty Studio and specifically your location in Flint. That's your second location and mm-hmm. how you found that opportunity to really grow and expand your business because that's, you know, that's something. That's boss moves to be able to say you have two locations. Yeah, it was honestly, if I, you know, again, just being transparent, it was by accident. Like I always knew that I wanted to have more than one location, but I wasn't expecting it to happen how it happened. Um, And it was through an opportunity for collaboration. Some um, unfortunate situation was we were spending more time in Flint while we were in the home buying process. Uh, We were going back home to live with our family to give our because we had already sold our house and so it was like we were moving in with this new family but they still lived in their rental so you know that's like 13 people trying to live in a real small house it just it was not ideal so we would go back home um and so while we were spending so much time there I was like dang you know while I'm here it would just be nice to at least identify a location um so that way once we get settled in the house or whatever i just thought down the line we get open up another spot um and somebody had just given me some information um that a lady who had a hair salon was looking to um have other people come in um to her space because again covid had hit so people were doing a lot of cutting back and it was like you know, she was like, she needed to make up for this. And so really it was just kind of like, okay, well, we'll check it out. Um, and again, I had the conversation up front with her about what it is that I was looking for, um, how much time I could spend, how much money I could realistically spend um, and vice versa. She told me too. And so we conversated about my business, 
Um, and I shared with her that, you know, I'm an esthetician and, you know, she's a beautician or a cosmetologist. Um, and so really our businesses didn't compete. Mm-hmm. But it was more or less her mindset because I had been in a situation before where I went into a salon and said, hey, I'm an esthetician. Like, you know, I do skincare, I do brows, I do waxing. Like none of these services compete with your hairstyling services. What, a, what about if we collaborate and share this building instead of me going to, you know, I couldn't afford to get something on my own. And it ended up bad. <laughs> So I had already experienced the rejection and in that area. So really it was risky for me in my mind to even think that I could go into somebody else's salon and them not end up, you know, feeling some type of way on the back end. Mm -hmm. But I took a risk anyway. I said, okay, well, you know, again, I'm just going to put it all out there and say, this is who I am. This is my business. This is what I do. I don't want to come underneath your business. Right. So I want to keep my name. Right. Um, and, you know, this time it was different. And so um, it didn't end up working out. We only stayed in that space for two months. And then I realized, like, you know what? I can't, I can step out on my own a little bit. So I ended up getting my own space, mm-hmm. um, like, two months after entering in her space. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, so that's how Uncovered Beauty Studio had you know birthed its second location just basically like again if I would have stayed stuck in the idea that no I need to go find my own place in my own space with my own building like again there's nothing wrong with that if that is what what you know you know you need to do and again I was looking for that Mm-hmm. And I was not trying to collaborate with anybody or end up in anybody else's salon because I just come off, well, not really just, just, but had come off a situation where I was like, no, that's not going to work. But I was open to at least having the conversation with this person. Mm-hmm. And so it worked out better than what I thought. And it actually led me to a better location than I ever thought that I would be in because I was looking in the hood because that was what I could afford. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so, um, turns out, like, you know, she had to plug to a building that it didn't look like what I thought it was going to be. And the rent was exactly what I could afford. And it's right, you know, it's downtown. Um, it's not everything that I would like to be. It's not a storefront. It's not, um, it's not, you know, a full spot. Like it doesn't have all the bells and whistles that I want, but it's absolutely a great start. And I love it for, for where I am in growth. Like, you know, knowing that I can afford it and that I can grow out of it. Then I feel like, it definitely is perfect for me, but I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have necessarily looked for it in that way myself. Right, right, and that's divine alignment when things come together like that, especially mm-hmm. the, the all of it, the finding the building and the you know the collaboration point of it. Because I know when I first started, I very much was the opposite I was looking for a place that I could kind of join that was already established 
and um you know even if it was just like to rent like a small little space not pay too too much like I wasn't trying Mm -hmm. to you know when you when you look at a lot of like rent first like different suites of like these like uh like spa type chains and stuff like that for a like Mm -hmm. a a small room that could fit a a massage table or you know whatever type of like esthetician type table they want like upwards seven hundred dollars yeah a month i was gonna say about 600 here yeah so here it can range you about 700 to 900 depending on the location um you know what area if you in the bougie area they probably want about a good 900 you know for that Mm -hmm. small suite versus maybe going somewhere where it's like you know maybe it's not on a strip or something like that so they might want to charge you like 650 but that's still you know that's a payment to me yeah it's, it's it's absurd for a small room granted that might be you know all bills included so that's like electricity plum you know water you know whatever you know and that is things to factor in but you know sometimes i think a lot of these places are really kind of gouging people to yeah. really really turn like an extreme profit so mm-hmm. I mean, it is it is what it is with that but you know I had even re- like ha- like had the idea and I don't even know how it popped into my head I think I maybe got the idea from talking with you but I had went and asked a church um like a um like a, a unity church mm-hmm. I could uh use one of their rooms for my Reiki services because I didn't want to go into people's homes and um I was looking at you know these all these suites and the rent I was like damn this is like this is like rent for like a you know efficiency apartment essentially right can I live here too (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) so when you think about that I was just like okay and that never really panned out um even though I would have a life for it to pan out but at the same time, it really wouldn't matter because I would have been restricted to the hours of when the church was open. So right. it, it may not have really worked in my favor, even though they did have a big church and they had a lot of rooms and it was a night. Nice, it was a nice church. It, I like the way it looked um, aesthetically. But and and then another thing about that situation is that um, it was it was a unity church. They were so sweet and they were so nice and they were very welcoming, but it was very white too. So I was just like, you know, <laughs> that I really want to occupy in this type of way. And that's like no shade, but just being a black person who I went to predominantly white schools growing up where I was very much put into a box and felt extremely uncomfortable now that I'm an adult, I don't have to be in an overly white space and I choose not to be. And that's, you know, how I feel. And I'm at a place now at the big grown age of 31, where I am unapologetic about it and how somebody may feel about it. You know, I know um, how things go when you go into uh, super occupied white spaces. So even when you at work, you at the job and you know whether it's corporate america or whether it's something else you know it's very much um you know a pigeonhole so and even how maybe what i would say or how i would come off to somebody you know i made the decision years ago to stop code switching that may not be everybody's experience people may not have felt like they've been in this situation where they felt like they needed to code switch but 
going to all white schools, that's like a right. that's automatic. That's like a switch. That's normal. Yeah. So I had to actively and intentionally decide, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to act or behave in a certain way to make you feel more comfortable. So right. that's something, you know, that at least I heavily consider when I think about, okay, what are the spaces that I'm being asked? asked to occupy like mm-hmm. are you going to feel uncomfortable if I talk about something that's um pressing to my community mm-hmm. so if so then we don't need to occupy the same space right I think too if we just talk just a brief minute about um what you were saying about co-switching especially when it comes to collaboration or anything you know talking about being vulnerable and upfront. one of the things that bothers me is when or or at least that I would want people to know it doesn't matter because everybody comes from a different background whether you've grown up in a predominantly white place or maybe now you live in a predominantly white place um it nobody had you get to decide who and what you sound like um some of the some of the things that people have said is oh you sound white right or you sound whatever and in that, I'm like, first of all, who cap- who said that white people were the only people that knew how to speak with diction? Like, mm-hmm. so in in that, when you're choosing whatever it is that you feel like is true to who you are, if you feel like your code switching is not necessarily your grammar and the way you speak but more or less how you carry yourself or your hair or um whatever it is how you show like up that, yeah it's how you show up and it's not necessarily just your grammar so I just want to encourage somebody there because I know we get that a lot um you know they think that oh if I don't sound a certain way or if I don't talk a certain way then now I still I still um am acting like something else that I'm not and it's like well no that's not it at all like I don't have to break up my my talk <laughs> I don't have to speak but I also on the opposite end can show up in a room with white people and say um talk like how I would talk you know with my friends or at home right, um, right. or you know whatever the situation may be and not feel like now all of a sudden I have to you know upplay my my voice or or you know what I mean or I have to be more quiet because normally I'm loud or whatever Mm -hmm. and so now I gotta be more quiet so like you said so that I make everybody else comfortable no if you loud you just be loud wherever right Right. (laughs) unless it's a library how you dress how you you know how you present yourself how you wear your hair like all of that is very um important to a black woman specifically but you know mm-hmm. that's not to say that you should go someplace uh professionally and be you know dressed unprofessionally you know, true don't do that yeah it could be something as simple <laughs> as how clothes fit your body you know we're both curvy women so when i was working you know in like another like kind of hospital type setting and I will wear in my like you know my business casual clothes and my uh, chinos or whatever that I you know they might fit me different than they gonna fit another or maybe like a white girl who doesn't have hips but thighs or whatever but mm-hmm. you want to come to me about dress code when she has a camel toe so <laughs> you know that's the type of stuff that 
I'd be like, really? Exactly. Don't feel like you have to do four, five, six, because we hear that a lot too. Like we have to do above and beyond or outperform, you know, three times just to get it as much as somebody else. And I really like, I, I know to a certain extent that that is absolutely real um in this realm but i also want people the only way that we're going to change that is to not continue to do way more than what our people our other co-workers are doing like you know what i mean like i'm not going to do five times more paperwork than right. you just gave her i'm just not gonna do it you know what I mean like we just have to stop doing it instead of doing it and then saying I'm being mistreated or I I am doing more work than this person and not getting the same amount of pay just refuse to do it and again in a a sense it's like you have to trust that if that's really your job position then you won't have to sustain it like you know what I mean like they will value you enough to say you're right like I am giving you more work than I'm giving her and I don't want you to leave so (laughs) <laughs> you know what I mean? We right. gonna cut back, or we yeah. gonna split it up? Yeah. Um, and, and again, it just goes back to you know holding your hands, whether it's a collaboration or corporate in a corporate setting, um, not feeling like you're not worth or not being confident enough to know that there's more out there, especially now in this in this space where there are so many opportunities that that um. You know, the, the marketplace has really just changed from just being a, you know, you have to have a college degree to to make X, Y, and Z six figures. Like now, I feel like you could have done it before, but social media has definitely opened up um, our options and we can see like what's possible versus where before we only knew what was possible based on what we could see, you know, in our neighborhood. Right, right. So, so Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought up that, you know, partnership and collaboration, because I definitely know for a fact I've experienced that you can get caught in a situation where maybe you're doing more of the workload in a partnership or collaboration. Mm-hmm. Because maybe they feel like you should be doing it. I don't know, because maybe some entitlement or, True. you know, whatever is going on. But, you know, that kind of goes back to the conversation about articulating one's needs and desires up front and also probably making sure that you get a little bit of some paperwork or some contracts yes. going on even if it's an informal <laughs> written contract let's normalize just putting things on paper yes. and you know even if we don't get on legal legal docs or you know legal zoom or whatever to create this nice and fancy you know contractual agreement yeah i would say we definitely even in the house we had the conversation we definitely put out there our expectations we talked about you know um all of those things up front like what if my kids want the house what if your kids want the house what are we gonna do you know and like you said I think even in the situation with like I said going into business with different people it's like if we let's get this on paper if you do that while things are yet good like at the beginning when everybody's just meeting and everybody's smiling and chinning and grinning like that people are not gonna have no reason not to want to put it on paper 
Um, and so, yeah, I do believe that people should absolutely get used to saying, hey, can I get that in writing? Now, the good thing about text messaging is text messages do now, depending on the judge, hold up in a court of law. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Even if you get a text yeah. message, say, okay, well, um, I'm just going to text you what we just talked about real right. quick. That's true. Definitely emails too. So emails. Yes, definitely. You know, emails, cause you can keep those longer and they're time stamped and all that. And, you know, so just reply to me, Hey, real quick, I'm going to, you know, while we're standing here talking, I'm going to type up what we talked about. So then that way you can say to them, okay, so is this what you're saying? So I just want to make sure we're clear. Like, you know, cause I want to make sure I hold up my end. This is what you're expecting from me. This right. is what I'm expecting from you. Here are the dates that we're right. expecting to do said right. situations. Right. Um, okay. I'm gonna email you. I'm gonna email you that. So you got a copy. Right. So that's an easy way to, to kind of not, like you said, necessarily be like, Oh, I got a contract for you to sign. Um, but to also be upfront about, hey, um, you know, we're making an agreement here and it is informal. So I'm just going to email it to you. So we both have it. Right. Exactly. And that's a great idea, actually. I hadn't even thought of that. That's like a really, really good idea, which I'm sure some people are already doing. But that's why I wanted to have this conversation, because I know right. like this podcast is about not just spiritual growth, but personal growth. And I think that working as a team is a big part of personal growth that a lot of us don't get to um, master in this lifetime, whether mm-hmm. it's a romantic relationship or platonic relationships. Like they make an attempt to teach us how to do group projects in school, but we all know that that was some bullshit. I know, yeah. <laughs> I know it was because you're right. You end up with people who not holding their weight. And again, just because you do this does not mean that you will not have situations where people still will be acting dumb. Like, oh, what? I didn't know you said that or I didn't get that email or I didn't see that. You know what I mean? You still are going to have those situations. So again, we're just kind of talking about ways that you can kind of either get past it or, you know, at least make sure that you're eliminating the bulk of these bad collaborations where stuff is sketchy. But also one of the things that you said was knowing that people um kind of flock together birds of feather flock together um so there's two so there's birds of feather that flock together so you may have an idea that you're working with somebody else and they kind of have the idea too and so you're kind of going in the same direction Mm -hmm. so you know one person may get it done before the other and so not to be insecure or jealous in that sense um but then also to know that opposites attract too and that's true and so a lot of people feel like because my friend and I we all moved in the same house that we must be alike and that we all had the same ideas and that we don't ever have disagreements and that could be the furthest from the truth Mm -hmm. and so I feel like sometimes we shy away from um situations because we feel like oh they're so opposite from me Mm -hmm. um that that would never work but sometimes like understand when, when the biggest the biggest um, move that you can make is understanding that people who are opposite from you are exactly what you need because they can hold a space right. that you don't. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They are willing to, well, when they are willing to play their part, then they don't have an insecurity about you being successful because they know that means that they're bo- you're both successful. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. just successful 
in this, you're successful. So you're successful in the front of the house. I'm successful in the back of the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that making- role is more important than the other. You know, right. we can't place more weight on maybe somebody else's position or status than another person. Because I that was something that I personally had to learn. I don't want to say the hard way, but, you know, just through a life experience or a situation that, you know, maybe somebody might be approaching you um, to maybe I'll, I, I'm going to frame it as collaborate or partner, even though they kind of might frame it like, you know, they want you to help them as like mm-hmm. more of like a help mate or a help partner type of thing. But mm-hmm. you have to realize that the person wouldn't have come to you to ask you to contribute in whatever type of way if you weren't valuable. So it doesn't matter right what type of how long they've been doing their thing or you know how well branded they are or what their following is because you still have value you still have something to add to the situation you bring something to the table as well even if it may not be you know six figures or you know maybe a bunch of connects or you know, whatever, because there are people who are operating in the entrepreneurial space that they do, they maybe have all this stuff on paper that's like, oh, damn, like, that's what I would aspire to have one day, or yeah, I'm trying to get, you know, close to you, or I'm trying to learn, you know, your inner workings, but, you know, it's a reason why they tapped you on the shoulder, and sometimes people will see potential in you, and that's cool as long as it's potential, but once you start to live out that potential, it's a problem, so you have to be leery of, you know, those type of um, entanglements as well, (laughs) but, you know, sometimes we just have to go through it and live and learn and take that, you know, take that ill or, you know, whatever you want to consider yeah because your losses should be just be lessons yeah exactly and not lessons that make you bitter but make you better yeah 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. just be careful about that you know the bitterness because again ultimately successful people have had no's rejections and losses and what makes them successful is that they keep going now there's other people that are successful and they're very bitter and by the time they get to where they want to go like it's not even cute like nobody wants to be around you you're not lonely because um people are jealous or <laughs> people are jealous yeah people just don't want to be around just think right. attitude <laughs> right 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 and you know again it, that is completely your choice you can choose to live that way for me I, I definitely want to be successful but not not in a way that um I don't I can't have a real conversation with my sister or my friend or my like people feel so uncomfortable around me because now I'm just so up in the air mm-hmm. that I'm just unattainable. Right. Like, right. And right, then what's right. the point? What's the point of having all of this luxuries and money and stuff and then nobody to even share it with, even if it's, you know, a friend or sister or a sibling or a parent or whoever, like I'm just out here flaunting by myself or with this fake crowd of people because I want to surround myself with people because so I don't look lonely right Mm -hmm. oh yeah definitely a lot of conventionally successful people who are in that exact space because I was just going to say that success does not always equal luxury success 
can look different for different people. So maybe success to you looks like luxury, but maybe success to this other person over here looks like a paid off house and some land. And, um, you know, I don't know. It could just look different. Because I'm feeling right now that that's what it doesn't look like for me. Not to say that I don't like nice things, uh, not to say that I wouldn't like maybe a luxury car, but you know, at the end of the day, as I grow older, I'm starting to like, okay, what's assess what's what's the most important to have to look like I'm successful mm-hmm. or to really feel comfortable and satisfied with all that I've done and accomplished and you know, and be comfortable, whether that be financially or you know, um, in my physical home dwelling or whatever you know sometimes i think that people even buy stuff that maybe doesn't make them the most comfortable but it looks good or it's right. the aesthetic of what you see on these um you know luxury apartment tours on youtube and you know instagram influencers and whatever they have and you know they got a maserati and they picture so i need to go get me a maserati but it's like you don't even i don't even know if that's an automatic or a stick shift but you know some people try to get these cars and they can't even drive a stick shift so it's like exactly (laughs) exactly or even they get the car and it's like but can you afford the note going forward or yeah i can afford the note but can you get insurance on that thing right can you get oil change? Because I'm sure, exactly. you know, even with just a BMW, I think the oil change is pretty, you know, pricey. That's not even like the most exotic of the exotic cars. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, you talking about premium gas? I believe, yeah. I'll be trying to put unleaded it out. <laughs> I think that's a scam anyway. <laughs> Seriously. Like, is this really different? But yeah, so it's you know, again, you know, don't try to have too, you know, too much. Don't put too much on your plate as far as like, you know, collaboration and stuff to go. Don't feel like you're not successful if you don't do it, but definitely seek, you know, help from other people because there are people out there that are willing to give you the information. There are definitely um, allies in, in different areas no matter what kind of ally it is you need for your situation there are people who absolutely share their privilege um there and there are absolutely you know people who look like us who are willing to bring you up you know to to the table um i do however feel like (laughs) sometimes people don't want to bring you to the table until they get their seat and right. real good like right. you know yeah. like let me sit here for a couple years before I even drop your name which you yeah. know again you just have, I really just have to believe for me whether you believe in universe God Jesus whoever God may say or they may say karma what goes around comes around or you know you reap what you sow my thing is if if whatever you serve is really in control, then you have to know what's yours is yours. Right. Like you have to trust that. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And it goes, and it goes both ways because I was just going to bring that up with, I can't even remember how I was going to phrase it, but essentially the same thing with, you know, maybe kind of having that understanding that there might be seasons in your life where you might be helping more of the help 
and there might be seasons where people are helping you up so you know and it may not always be paid forward to that person right versa but it may go to somebody else and that's okay and that's okay because you know yeah. I had to check myself just the other day like I'd be like damn I'll be sewing into other people's business I'm like I'm waiting for motherfuckers to sew into me but you know it's like I have to do whatever I feel called to do in that moment and just leave it there and not yeah. expect you know anything in return from that because I'm gonna get it back some way or another it's not it just doesn't have to be this you know oh this is how I have to receive it back in this way you know because that's how you limit your blessings too is that something has to come back to you in a very specific way when um you know it may not you know you may not know how that might come back right I definitely have experienced that too I learned that the hard way too I'm a giver Mm -hmm. and I did learn that um giving to one person and most times you give to people they can't repay you but it come back in a way where um somebody has given something to me that I can't repay yes and it's like oh dang I don't even know where to begin to even repay you for that whether it was a tip for something like meaning like you led me in the right direction that led to like this Mm -hmm. door opening like ain't no way I can physically pay you back for that Mm -hmm. um so yeah just knowing that once sowing into good you know fertile ground in the sense that um like you said if you if you felt led in that moment to give know that it was for a reason and it like you said it may not come directly back to you from that person um but that it is definitely gonna come back to you you know in a more grander way Mm -hmm. in some kind of way Right. 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 And and not to get so, because it is hard still now, like you said, (laughs) you know, just be honest. Like, you'd be like, dang, when is it my turn? Like, dang, when is it? You know, and you're looking at other people um, and what they have going on. It's like, just because you want that, you wanted that specific blessing right now doesn't mean that whatever you have going forward would be greater than what you've received right. you know what I mean where you are now so you know having the patience and gratitude the more gratitude you have the more you'll look for great things to happen right um if you can sit in your bitterness the more the more it's just like the color red if I say look for the color red you're gonna see red everywhere right right and so mm-hmm. if you're grateful and you're focused on gratefulness Right. Um, mm-hmm. It's not that ungratefulness won't come up, but it you'll see it more amplifies. Yeah, yeah. It, yes, exactly. Where your attention goes, um, energy flows, and yeah. So it's like you do have to stay positive. You do have to do things from your heart, give from your heart, and let that be that, and keep moving. Like even when it comes to like borrowing or loaning people money. Like I learned in like high school, my mom told me, she was like, if you don't have it to give, give. like, you know, if, if that person can't pay you back for whatever reason, you, you know, you're not asked out or whatever, then don't, then don't, then don't give. And that's honestly, I've taken that with me throughout my entire life. If, 
if I don't have it to where, you know, if you can't pay me back, it's all good, then no, uh, I'm sorry, I can't. But if I do have, like last year, I, I really had it to give. So I was blessing a lot of folks. And sometimes I'd be like, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> take money back. But it's like, you know, it is what it is, it's out there. And I've been blessed in so many ways this year that, you know, compared to even just where I was, it, like you know my mental state and you know mm. last year versus where I am now it's like new levels new devils I have you know other matters and issues to address and to overcome but still last year around this time I hadn't found my my sweet I didn't know that I had a sweet coming I right. didn't know that it was going to be in a prime location I didn't right. know that it was gonna have everything I need and be in my budget, you know? Right. I didn't know. Or even have a budget, how about that, for it? Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. The, yeah, the funds yeah. to be able to to, you know, to pour into that. And, you know, I was, like I said, when I was looking, I was seeing stuff, $600 and up. So I was just looking like, I, I did not imagine, I knew, but I didn't know that mm-hmm out there just like you know when y'all found job building it's it's a great location and it gives y'all what y'all need right now is there room for growth and elevation of course but y'all coming together it was able to help y'all kind of get ready to move to the next level and you know who knows what the next level is i know I know for sure and and we're continuing to collaborate with you know I didn't walk away from that lady in that space and say okay well I'm moving on um we're continuing to collaborate we have um projects coming up called the Flint Beauty Collab we put it together mm-hmm. um and basically it's services that we're offering offering dynamic services to our clients that there's there's things that I don't offer but that they offer and if we put our offerings together we can give y'all a service that you can't really get anywhere else right Um, and so again that's a way that we're now attracting people to come to us um versus just going to one place or the other Mm -hmm. Um, and so you know again those are just different ways that we've learned how to you know benefit and we still have the conversation like okay if we have this workshop or if we have this service how are we splitting this up you know we don't right. assume that we're just going to do it the same way we did it mm-hmm. last you know so yeah so i think again you know we should have bullet pointed some of these stuff people have to go back and write back write down all the points and then <laughs> i would say tag us and share you know some of your nuggets that you felt uh really hit you hit yeah. you the most because um, we showed in bullet point no one, two, or three, but um, I feel like there definitely was a lot in this in this episode where it's like again opening your mind to like you said there were seeds that were sown that uh, maybe unlocked a poverty mindset. Not saying that you had one, but people don't see value in that like me learning to sow seed and not always be so like oh let me hurry up and get that back like that that unlocks my poverty mindset so maybe that's why I continue to be asked to sow a seed so that way you know now I can see the money flow Mm -hmm. once I get to a higher level when you gotta pay bigger bills Mm -hmm. you know like what more money is coming so I don't need to 
right exactly to hold on to this most definitely i definitely say that i had you know overcoming lack poverty mindset for the past couple years like even just the like the just kind of like a fear of okay not even from a giving place but just like do i need to to hold on because i've always been a giver as well but I might give my time versus my finances. Right. I just don't have it at the moment or, you know, giving some other type of way. But yes, I definitely had to get into the space of giving more freely and, you know, not um, from a, a place of just like, yeah, of, of, of lack. Like, what are you going to do for me if I do this for you type of thing? Right. You know, there definitely has to be some reciprocity, but I think that reciprocity looks different. And, um, you know, that's something that I even want to get into in the idea of romantic relationships. Being back on the dating scene, it's like, you know, I've really been looking at that from a different lens, like reciprocity. What does that look like, especially moving into uh we're moving into like society and the economy is kind of moving into the unknown so you know that's another reason why i wanted to talk about collaboration and partnership because um it's actually a guy that i follow he's an astrologer he's actually mm-hmm. in detroit but he talks about he mentions a lot that you know why aren't you collaborating why aren't you linking up with this person to help you know, so y'all can right. do this and y'all can put out this and y'all can da 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 and blah 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 and why y'all not talking? He said too, why y'all not talking about getting a house together and and, and combining families and everybody? Listen. You know, and that is, I I do think that as you know, with the housing crisis and all kind of stuff that's like bubbling, that's bubbling up. Oh we do have to kind of i know for me this is a part of personal growth for me this is why i wanted to have this conversation i'm very like you know in my space control and this is my draw the line in the sand this is my space this is your space like <laughs> i didn't have to sh- i was fortunate enough to not have to share a room growing up i was fortunate enough to not have to share anything you know our other sister she's eight years younger than me so mm-hmm. we never had clothes or hand-me-downs we're not even the same size so right. like you know i never really had a direct situation with sharing and i could admit that i had to really learn how to share going to college with being around other girls who was like let me borrow this so let me get that and i used to be like girl if you don't get your grubby hands up. <laughs> <laughs> this is a moment of transparency like i'm very much a person like i'm gonna give you your own so you can have all oh, you like you like this next girl i'm gonna get you one so you can have it you can't borrow my <laughs> right so you know that's just all part it just personal personal growth like you know i do want to be able to get to a place i want to be able to get to a place where i have a partner like a romantic partner where we live together i ain't never lived with no man i don't know what it's like to share my space day in and day out and have to look at your ass listen well you show better embrace this before you do because that's a whole different Irritating. So it's like this is this is this is a conversation in the lens of an entrepreneurship realm, but it really does transcend yeah. across you know our lives and how we interact with everybody, and that's really what intimate reflections is about: is 
how are we going to grow so that we can you know change how we interact and how we show up in the world so mm-hmm. and, it, and it does it does determine your success whether like you said in relationships in personal life or in business life i do agree that there is something coming and that was another part of our decision to move into this house together we're like moving forward i think there's so many people who don't realize we're going to need each other. We're going to need communities more than we ever needed them before. I don't know what that's going to look like, but right. we we saw a portion of it, see a part of it, and we were like, we feel like this will definitely put us in a position to be able to help other people. We don't know how we're going to need to, but we feel like, y'all, there's something coming bigger than what this is, even is and even if it is just I mean we're just gonna need each other it may not necessarily be just housing but um we definitely gonna have we're gonna need relationships where you have to, yeah. gonna have to call on somebody else to say hey can you help me right. um or can we get creative on how we can make this work so that you can continue to be um you know to work and and all this like isolation and just me and staying away mm-hmm. like it's going it's going to cause a lot of people to fall because they're not gonna they didn't embrace the time where it was like it's time for you to you know again it's not it's not about letting every single person in your space or um you know just doing it just doing it or kind of like you said when you were giving like if you don't feel it, don't do it because that's not what it's about. Don't be manipulative. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like this is not about manipulation. Or I gave it because because I know what goes around comes around. No, you should give it because you actually feel that you should give it this time and not. You know, there's gonna be times where you oh, back somebody say, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's just not that is your last. And you might want to keep it. Right. Right. You know. So, you know there's some ebbs and flows and so that's the good thing about um like you said internet connections um whether it's you know your podcasting your um you know the things that you're offering to people um and and the confidence coaching that I'm doing is helping people go back and heal um on you know different levels um so that they can move forward you know, in some sort of situation again, whether it be partnership, relationship, or business-wise, like we all need to move forward. And there's people that just don't know how. And so, mm-hmm. um, I love the services that you do because again, it's open. You know, for those people who like need healing in certain in certain areas, um, that that it even just opens the conversation for them to. To be in the space to say, okay, I'm ready mm-hmm. to, yeah. to, you know, address some of these situations. Yes. And so I just have one last question to close out everything. I would like to know, like, maybe three big tips that you can say has helped you and all of your different partnerships and collaborations as far as, like, um, ironing out the details of of things like like big or small like how do you how do y'all handle the details because i think that's what gets lost is the devil's in the details Mm -hmm. and so like what would you say like the top three things that have helped you in any of your situations with like 
you know, getting the details together because, or you could even say how you maybe have gotten to a place where you are able to um, articulate what you want, need, desire from a situation. Because I know I personally have come against that with trying to collaborate or partner with other people is that, you know, they may have an idea, they want you to come and collaborate or partner in some type of way, but it's like, they don't even know really what it looks like or and what capacity they want you to you know to be a part of it they just ask the folks like <laughs> right yeah okay i would say well i mean we kind of touched on this a number of different ways but communication in the beginning middle and end like don't be afraid and be one that's open to allow people to ask questions um, so mm-hmm. communication at the beginning, you know, if you get it in writing or even if you forgot to go back and say, hey, like, this is what I thought. Um, can we sit down and talk about that? Like um, being OK with that. That's the scary part. A lot of people skip and that's where things fall apart, because the first time y'all you notice that miscommunication, like, hey, I thought that we talked about this, but you just did it different. Instead of stopping right there at the beginning, you tend to be like, well, I'm gonna just overlook it just right. in case, or, you know, give them a benefit of the doubt, which, you know, the benefit of the doubt is to say, like, I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt that we didn't have, we did, we weren't on the same page, but let's, <laughs> let's right. get on the same page now. Right. So definitely communication and talking and not being afraid to to go ahead and talk. And again, those are going to be the things to, if these people are not the people, that's going to be the faster way to get it out the way. Like, you know what I mean? Don't wait and, and drag yourself through the mud mm-hmm. because you're afraid to sit down with them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say number two is definitely continuing to um do self-development and to to get to know who you are and where you're going as I'm building my business and my brand I realized today that I've been playing really small (laughs) and I didn't think that I was I thought that I was dreaming big dreams and I and I was but there were parts of it that got super scary and so I kind of put them down or felt like oh maybe that won't happen for me Um, subconsciously I did or maybe I was like okay well um, you know, this is just, this is not going to happen. So um, in that, just continuing to do, you know, self-development mean ask yourself more questions, allow people to ask you questions, because that's where you're going to get to know, you know, who you are today is not who you're going to be tomorrow, mm-hmm. hopefully, right. um, that you you grow forward. And so... Um, even when it comes to your business and how you become even a big corporation or a big successful business, you have to start one bat at a time and only handle so much at a time. So know that growth comes with, um, with, with success. So personal growth. So number one is communication to, you know, continue to do your personal growth. And then I would say number three is health. Like, I feel like a lot of people leave that part out because they grind in and it's like, oh, I need, you know, I'm grinding, I'm grinding. I, got, I don't got time to be working out or eating right. I need to go get this food real quick. Um, but I think when we really do ourselves a disservice when we leave our health, 
out because your mind get foggy, your body don't feel well, mm-hmm. you're, you're really um, not servicing yourself well when you don't get sleep. Right. And all, especially if you're just working too much, you know, you're not taking time out to, um, you know, enjoy yourself, to laugh, to, you know, not just self-care, meaning manicure, pedicures, or massages, mm-hmm. but um, time alone, mm-hmm. um, you know, in nature and whatever that be, whether it's you sitting inside your car, maybe you don't like outside, but maybe taking a drive or whatever it is. Um, but meal, you know, physical health and being in a healthy environment as much as you can um, plays a big part in in your mindset. If you are bogged down by a bunch of sugar and you dehydrated, you're not going to be able to think well. Right. Mm-hmm. Those would be my, my three things. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your experiences and all of your the knowledge that you've gained through those experiences. And this is a very productive conversation, I feel. I'm so glad that we finally got to sit down and have it because I've been talking about this for a minute. And I look, I need to come out of hiatus anyway. So this is this is about to be the first episode to really push me for season two of Intimate Reflection. So I'm excited that we're starting off in this way because um, you know, we about to roll into 2022 and whoever knew that we would see 2022. <laughs> I, listen, there you go. Especially when we went through this Y2K situation, like I said. Exactly, exactly. So, um, look, we've been out here longer than we had anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. We're going to give five-star ratings. This is like you said, the number one. So we open it back up. You open it up with a bang. So right, right, all right, love. So thank you again, and have a good night. We finally made it to the end. Yay! Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, I appreciate you so much. And if you're looking for other ways to support Intimate Reflections, you can definitely share this with somebody who you think will enjoy it or find it informative or beneficial in some sort of way. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, Leave a comment. I would love to hear your thoughts or... um, you know, just, or you could just leave an emoji. <laughs> Flames are always nice. Um, but I just want to thank you for, you know, sharing in this conversation, this discussion with me. I know it was pretty long, longer than what I typically have on the podcast, but thank you for checking in and tapping into season two. It's greatly appreciated. And you can always follow me on social media, Instagram, particularly at intimate connection and then i'm actually on facebook now so you can look me up intimate connections dash carrollton um if you are more of a facebook person and yeah 
yeah just come and vibe out with me on the socials you can email me at hellointimateconnections at gmail.com if you have any questions or if you're in the dfw and you would like to book an appointment i'll have all that information in the show notes as well as how you can contact me and also join my mailing list so until next time peace love and many blessings